This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Psalms 145, where we've been for the last few weeks. And then we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 uh, quickly. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this. Psalms 145 too. Listen to me. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for what the Lord's been up to. Had a couple challenges this week, and uh, uh, you know, I, I was taking a little time, and 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 so I, I just thought, you know, um, I, I had a moment. So I I had this um, deeply spiritual moment. I had this watermelon <laughs> that was perfectly ripe. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. All right, perfectly ripe, and. And I cut into that thing, and when you open it up, you can get that. I mean, you ready for some watermelon now, right? And I took to the heart of that, and it was, oh, so good. Hallelujah. And so I scooped this watermelon out and eat some of it, of course, but, but I put it in. I'm going to chill it even more in, in the refrigerator, and so I've got these two rinds left. And one of my favorite things to do is to take uh, uh, the rinds up to the pasture and watch the goats and the horses just devour those, okay? So I'm, I'm grabbing them up, and I'm headed out, and, and my grandson he decides he wants to go with me. And so I'm like, okay, buddy, you can go with Papa. And so, so we, we go down the stairs, and he says, I want to carry one of those. And I said, well, they're really big. And he said, I, I want to carry one. So I took it, I put it in his hands, and he held it, and he had it. And I said, do you got it? He said, yeah, I want to feed the goats. I said, okay, come on, let's feed the goats. And so it was kind of big, and so he's about three, four steps getting further and further behind me, and I can hear him uh, talking as he's coming up the hill. He's convincing himself to keep moving. He said, I'm going to feed the goats. I'm going to feed the goats. I said, come on, buddy, let's feed the goats. He says, I'm going to feed the goats. They're going to like it. They're going to like it. He goes, I guess I need to make sure it's good. (laughs) And I thought I was going to lose it right there. And he goes, yep, it's good. They're going to like it. <laughs> and in the middle of kind of a tough day, I had a moment of sunshine and a moment of joy. And in the middle of that joy, I realized what a blessing in that moment that I needed to give gratitude for, to get to have that story. You see, every day of your life is full of moments. Some are good and some are bad. Can I tell you that there's both in every day? And so we're going to have to make decisions every day how we're going to respond. So Psalms 145 and 2 reads like this. We've been learning it for days around here, weeks around here. It says, every day I will bless you. Help me with that. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. And isn't God good? Father, we pray that you're going to show us how to bless you every single day. 
And Lord, we're asking you to make our, 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 our senses aware to the bright rays of sunshine that shine through the dark moments of our lives. Lord, so we can rejoice and bless your name. In Jesus' name, teach us through your word. Amen. Quickly, I want you to go to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 11, when we're thinking about every day. And Ecclesiastes, chapter number 11, reads like this. And this would actually say that you could interpret this, the preacher, chapter number 11, verse number 5. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, So you cannot understand the activity of God. Can I go ahead and tell you now, just when you think you've got God figured out, he's going to take a turn and you're going to realize that you don't have him figured out. All right? He's a good God. He's faithful. And so we're never going to understand exactly which way he's taking us. And sometimes, have you ever, have you ever caught yourself saying to God, God, if you just get with the plan? If you just get in the program, he's like, which program, yours or mine? You see, just like we don't understand the activity of what God is doing, uh, who does all things, he says this, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another. You don't know really what's going to move you forward in life or maybe even both things that you do. Okay, this is important. He says, I want you to realize you're never going to understand why you are where you are completely, and you're never going to know what God's up to until you get on the other side of it and you can sit back and say, wow, you were working and I didn't even know what you were doing. Now, I want to stop that thought for just a moment, and I want to talk to you about the title of the sermon, Going Nuclear. Now, going nuclear, how many of you understand that that's not always the best thing to do? Going nuclear, by definition, is to become furious, to resort to drastic measures in an attempt to undermine an opponent. Here's another definition. A way of winning a fight. Remember, you can get all this on the U version there. A way of winning a fight you might not otherwise win, but it has the potential to destroy both parties involved. Let me ask you again, how many of you know exactly what you need to say to get it to explode in the moment and then you win the argument? How many of you know what I call trigger words? If you say that, it's on. All right? How many of you wish your spouse would learn your trigger words? Okay? No. (laughs) Some are like, amen. All right. Listen to me. We've all uttered words we wish we had not. Can I get an amen for that? We've all known better than do what we were about to do in the moment, but we were so upset, we were boiling, and so we launched a scorched earth attack, and because we're going to win no matter what damage it causes. You see, most of the time, we regret this approach when we survey the damage. Most of the time, going nuclear is not a good thing. Now, I want to share with you just briefly today a father uh, fail in my life, okay? How I failed as a father in my life. And this is a story that I, I wish had had a different turnout, but, but this, this was a, the day I'd had enough. We had in our old home a small deck, and right next to that deck was where the kids always played. 
And right beside where their little dollhouses were and their Tonka trucks and whatever those things were, there was a hole in the ground. And so one summer, a group of uh, uh, yellow jackets decided to move into that hole. Have you ever had a nest of those little demons on your property? No matter what I did, the kids kept being bitten, kept being stung. I went to the local convenience stores or the local hardware stores so many times and bought so much poison that I said the kids are not even going to be able to play in the yard because I've like radiated the yard back there and still those little creatures of darkness kept flying. And I thought, what am I going to do? Now, my dad was a, a grader. He was an engineer in, in the armed forces. He was a grader. And, and so dad would always talk about running into a, 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 a yellow jacket nest. And so he said, this is how he would deal with it. This is what he would do. He said, you just take some fuel and you pour it down in there. Now, look, let me stop and say, I do not recommend you doing this at home. Disclaimer right now, not environmentally friendly. But he takes the fuel and pours it down in the hole. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? And then you light it on fire, and then you have no more problem. Well, well, all right. So I thought to myself, Dad always did it that way. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be a good dad, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with this. So I go to the garage, and and I find the gasoline. And when I find the gasoline, I come back outside, and let me just further disclaim this: that Dad never said what kind of fuel it was supposed to be. So I pour this hole that God only knows is how deep, full, I mean, it just keeps chugging and chugging and chugging full of gasoline. I fill this hole up to the brim with gasoline, and and I thought so. Dad always said you take the hole, uh, uh, and then you fill it with the fuel, and then you light it on fire. And so I go, and and so all this whole time, the gasoline is sinking down into that, 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 that pit of those demons from the... March of Hades, okay? And, and so I, I'm in this, and all those fumes are building and building and building, and it's, it's soaking down in there. And, and I found the matches, and so I come out on the back deck, and I'm like, we're going to take care of this. This is going to be done. And, and, and you see, see, what Dad didn't say, or what I didn't know, was fuel was not gasoline. It was diesel, which burns different than gasoline. And I went to strike a match, and I was going to put that match down in that hole. Like, you know, I'd watch Dad always just drop it down in that hole. And, and as soon as I went to put that match on that, I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Most High God Almighty spoke to me. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating at all. He spoke to me great words of wisdom. I would not do that if I were you. <laughs> I thought, well, okay, Lord. And so I looked around, and we had left the broom that we'd been sweeping the deck off with right there. So I thought, well, I will apply the fire to the hole via the, the broomstick. So and now these, these fumes are still building. How many of you are envisioning this moment with me? So I've taken enough time to get the end of the broomstick on fire. Now the hole's in the ground... And I kind of do this number, and I take the broom, and I've got it by the bristles of the broom, and I, I, I lower it down, and I, and I get about a foot above, a foot and a half above that, and the fumes from the gasoline met the fire on the broomstick. I had hair back then. 
I had no eyelashes afterwards, but listen, <laughs> the fire that ignited in that hole, Father Fail, blew my hair back. <laughs> Some of you went, that's a miracle, but uh, blew my hair back, blew a cavern beside the deck. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. I'm almost there. And I was covered, and my house was covered with the red Georgia clay to where you could see me and the outline of where I had stood in the red clay behind me. I think y'all had to help me with that, if I remember right. But it finally washed off of me, threw the clothes away. Thank God the Holy Spirit spoke. I could not pressure wash the house clean. Cost me thousands of dollars to have the house repainted, all because of a yellow jacket nest. But can I tell you something? To this day, I've never had another yellow jacket on my property. Come on now. The news got out. I went nuclear on those yellow jackets. You see, I'd had enough. Warning, don't try that at home. But listen to me. Here's what I want you to get get from that. Most of the time going nuclear is not the best idea when it's done out of anger or out of ignorance. But there is a time to push that button. There is a moment that you need to invoke an atmospheric change around your life. There is a moment that you need to make up your mind that no matter what, you don't care what it might cost you, you are going to change the atmosphere around you. And I, did, I didn't mention this in any of the other services, but this is for somebody. It is the type moment when uh, Paul and Silas awaken in a cell in the dark of night and their backs are bloody and all they can feel is the cold rock around them and they turn toward each other and one begins to change the atmosphere and say, I will bless the Lord every day. I will praise his name forever. And as they begin to sing the praises of God, the earth begins to shake. They went nuclear on a negative environment and it changed the environment around them. Are you following me? I'm trying to tell you, if every time the devil tries to knock you down, you stood your ground and began to declare, let me tell you, enemy, you may not understand who you messed with because I'm not who I used to be. Now I'm a blood child of the living king and I declare that every day the Lord is good and his faithfulness endures forever. But Pastor Don, I don't know when should I, when should I pull out this weapon. Can I, can I be real simple with you, real plain with you? Are you ready for this? Every day. Every day. But Pastor Don, you don't know what I'm going through every day. No, 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 no. Every day in all things. Pull out your praise. Pull out the weapon of blessing every day in all things. And watch what God can do. 
Pastor Don, the wind of trials are coming to my life. Can I tell you that our God, if you look in Job, is the one who knows how to harness the wind and turn what the enemy sent to blow you over and knock you out into something that is power, that generates for your life, that will promote you forward. If you'll learn what I'm trying to tell you, it's bless him every day. My goodness, I just wish that, I know we're supposed to be closing the series, and I'm supposed to be up here kind of just teaching you today, but I just feel like preaching for just a moment. I'm talking about in the next time that the enemy starts blowing against your life, you plant yourself and you let yourself be ready. And as you get ready, you begin to declare God is good and his mercy endures forever and his faithfulness extends to a thousand generations. And I will declare that his name deserves to be praised no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Can you, can you, can you understand what I'm trying to tell you today? I'm trying to tell you it will change the atmosphere. But the problem is, sometimes you're not sure if you're quite ready to go nuclear. Ooh, I don't know why he rewrites for this service so much. <laughs> There's a story about frogs in the Bible. Anybody like frogs? Anybody hate frogs? All right. Could, would you like them in your Cheerios? <laughs> Imagine this story. Frogs invest Egypt. Frogs are climbing all over everybody. They are in every meal. You can't eat them because they're worshipped, so you kind of have to move them a little bit because if you hurt them, then you're cursed. And the frog's everywhere. And Moses looks at Pharaoh and says, uh, Hey, Pharaoh, uh, could you tell me something? When do you want the frogs gone? You know what the nuclear response is? Now! You know what Pharaoh says? Ah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, you want to put up with this junk a little bit longer. Let me just be real, real blunt. If you want to put up with the junk a little bit longer, this sermon's probably not for you. But if you're tired of the enemy knocking you down and treating you like a door mat in front of the, uh, of the door of your life, this message is for you. I'm trying to tell you that the depression that's followed you, that all the scars that you have from maybe a bad father, all the pains that you have in your life, they can be annihilated. They can be disintegrated, not by your might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When you make up your mind, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. No, but here's the problem. What if, what, what, let me hurry. Matthew 13. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed. What kind of seed? In his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted what? Weeds among the wheat. Good seed. Blessings were planted and the enemy comes and throws in some weeds among the wheat. And then he slips away. When the crop began to grow and produce uh, grain, the weeds also grew. Notice this. The farmer's workers went to him and said, oh, sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this. Can I tell you, sometimes you need to realize that the enemy is going to come to set you back. 
He's going to come to knock you down. As a matter of fact, what you probably ought to do is stop fighting with everybody around you and start identifying the fact that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the powers of darkness and the principalities of the air that have come to disrupt the progress that I've made, the positional change that I've made to become a blesser. The enemy wants me to go back to the place of cursing. But if you begin, my goodness, I'm trying to behave, but you need to get this. Instead of allowing the enemy to creep in and you start fighting with each other and fighting with your spouse and fighting with your family. Instead, realize you're fighting the powers of darkness themselves and the way you fight darkness is with light and the way you speak light is his glory and his praise and you begin to invoke heaven down on earth. You can change the atmosphere that you're in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Why don't you change the atmosphere you're in right now and begin to declare that he's the God over viruses. He's the God who heals the sick. He's the God that delivers people and sets them free. Now, the workers say, oh, should we go all nuclear on this and pull the weeds out? And he says, no, 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 no. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bunches, and burn them and put the, put the wheat in the barn. Now, here's what I want you to see about this. I want to give it to you really quickly. They all knew they planted a blessing. But the enemy planted weeds among the blessing, and everyone was unhappy. The workers said, let's go nuclear. But the farmer knew something that you need to get today. I want you to get this. It's not in your notes, but you need to get this. The farmer knew that no weed of this world can overtake the blessings of the living God. Some of you go, Pastor Don, you don't understand. No weeds of this world can overtake the blessings of the living God. And so what do you need to do? How do you need to respond? Let me ask you a question. Why did the farmer plant the seeds? He wanted a harvest. Why did the enemy come and sow the weeds? He wanted them to abandon their position of preparation for harvest. It's important. Some of you are in a position of decision and you're afraid to sow because you don't know how the enemy's going to attack your progress. Can I just tell you, he's going to attack all your progress. That is his pleasure. But you need to keep sowing without knowing. Keep sowing. Because the weeds cannot overtake the blessings. Our minds are constantly looking for excuses to accept why we can't move forward. The farmer still had his harvest, even though it required some extra work. You should get that. When you are determined to sow blessings every day and the enemy counterattacks, you're going to be living in a place where you know there's good and bad happening in your life, but it's not going to change who you are. And so you make a decision that you will grow in your season of both. I want to keep growing. I want to keep moving forward. You go, Pastor Don, is that, is that even biblical? Well, Jesus had to deal with it. You see, Jesus came to be nothing but a blessing. He came as a blessing, but yet Judas came into his life. Did Jesus let Judas change his course? No. What he did was every time the enemy attacked through Judas, it simply moved him further toward his position of blessing because he stayed on target. 
But Pastor Don, you don't understand what I'm going through. No, I, I, I do understand what it's like to have a bad week. I do understand what it's like to have a bad day, and I do want, understand what it's like to have bad news. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 lets us know that the Apostle Paul understood it also. Now, before I get there, I want you to understand what, what Paul was saying here in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. He says, God has blessed me so much that if I were to start telling you about it, you'd be accusing me of bragging. How many of you would like to be blessed that much? That I was blessed so much that you're going to be like, you need to stop because, you know, can I I tell you, you don't want to brag too much, but some of you need to learn to brag some. You need to begin to tell people who God is in your life and how good he's been to you. But Paul says it this way. He says, he says I, I, I've been so blessed that if I told you everything, you're going to think I'm bragging, I'm boasting, and, and I, don't, I don't have anything to boast in. As a matter of fact, he said, if anything, not only am I not perfect, he said, God's, God's let me have a, 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 and he called it a thorn in his side. Can I interpret thorn in the side for you today? A pain in my neck. Some of you went the wrong direction with that. I'll meet you in the altar afterwards. <laughs> Out of all three services. <laughs> With a pain in the neck. And so he had this thorn in the side, pain in the neck, and he says, look, I've been blessed on every side, but I'm still struggling with some things. And here's what he said. He said, this is how I'm dealing with it. Are you ready for this? This is the great apostle Paul. He said, this is how I'm dealing with the struggles in my life, and I love the word choice that he uses here. He d- some of you intercessors are going to send me hate mail after you see this on the television. Just, just whatever you got to do, do it. Because you've been walking around declaring over your life, declaring over your life, declaring over your life. But listen, listen to this. I love what Paul says here. The great man of faith who said, oh, don't worry about it. We're all going to live even though the boat goes down. The guy who looks at a, a cobra hanging from his hand and goes, oh, throws it off in the fire. I love his word choice here. He says, I've got this pain. And he says, three times, I begged. Doesn't make him even less spiritual. He said, I, could you please give me some relief here, Lord? Could you please heal me? Could you please deliver me from this? Could you, could you give me a break? He said, I begged him, I begged him, and I pled with the Lord, take it away, please, God. So he's not over here, you know, calling out all these uh, scriptures that he memorizes. He says, look, I, it was such a pain that I didn't even, didn't even invoke any of the things I know I should be doing, and sometimes you're going to have that kind of pain in your life, things that, that seem to unsettle your spirit and unsettle who you are. He says, I begged the Lord, would you please deliver me from this? And he said, the Lord's answer to me was, my grace is all you need. For my power works best in weakness. He said, so now, after three times, which lets me believe that he may have begged more. He said, but now, I am glad to boast about my weakness. What he's telling you is, I, you know what, I'm fighting a battle too. But I'm reminded by fighting a battle of something. I'm reminded that it's in the battles that I realize how strong my God really is so that the power of Christ now works through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, in my struggle, in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. And I have always read this last verse wrong. 
I've quoted it wrong. I've always quoted it like the children's song. For when I am weak, he is strong. But that's not what it says. It says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. It's not just a reminder of who he is, but when I find who I am in the middle of my struggles and I begin to remember who Christ is in me, then I realize something. I'm not the whip the devil's trying to tell me that I am. I'm not the defeated foe. I'm not the worthless person that the world has tried to tell me. I am the blood-bought child of the righteous king of glory. And as I begin to declare who he is, I remember who I am and I stand up. And when I stand up, I stand up strong because the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let me close with this passage today in just a moment. Let me tell you, though, from my life this last week, Christine and I had an appointment. The appointment didn't go very well. It was, uh, we weren't happy with the results of this appointment. And, and we had about a three quarters of a mile ride back to the main stretch of the road. And so as we're, 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 we're driving up that stretch, this is the conversation. Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Are we ever going to be able to get past something like this? Is this ever going to change? You've never had those conversations in your cars, right? We're having this conversation in our car for about three quarters of a mile. Is this ever going to change? And then the next thing I know, I say this. I say, hypocrite? No, not to her. I'm afraid of her. (laughs) I say, hypocrite? Talking to me inside. I said, What have you been preaching to your congregation about for weeks? Changing the atmosphere. Because you know what was happening with every, oh my gosh, heaviness in the car. Darkness and despair setting down. Feeling like you're on a wheel that just has no end. That's a hypocrite. So I said these words. This, you know what came out of my mouth? I reached over and I took her hand and I said this word. I said, every day I will. And about the time I got that far, she said with me, bless him. And praise his name forever. And in the last quarter of the mile to where we were about ready to, to, to get out on that main road, in, in that last quarter, what had settled for three quarters lifted, dissipated, and the presence of the Lord was in that car. And it settled in. And as the presence of the Lord settled in, I thought, look what the Lord has done. He gives us something that when we invoke it, it changes, it goes nuclear on every bad news and on every situation. Because the Lord is God and His mercy endures forever. 
Now I want to share a verse with you today in this passage. I want you to get this. This is super important. You're going to think, well, Pastor Don, this is an offering verse. Well, no, verses have more than one application. The Jewish people believe they all have 70 faces. Luke 21, beginning in verse number one, says this. And he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. Now this is important to notice here. She's putting in two mites. Now a mite was the smallest denomination of of change during the time of King James. Okay, so they wanted people to understand this, so that's why there has to be, you know, further updates so people can understand. Uh, it'd be, you know, somewhere about uh, two and a half pennies or some odd now, but 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 it was um, it was two mites during the time of King James. During the time of Christ, it would have been two leptrons or leptras, two leptrons, and so these leptrons uh, were each worth. And I want you to get this about six minutes of the average workday. Each leptron was six minutes of the average workday. So if if it was six minutes, she dropped in two, right? Two mites, two leptrons. If one is worth six minutes, then two are worth 12. So what she puts in, and everybody else, listen, is giving out just trinkets of their overflow. She puts in 12 minutes of her day 12 minutes of her day here you go God that's that's what I have there's 12 minutes 12 minutes now 12 minutes I'm just, excuse me I've, I've got to take this a little further goes then to 60 seconds in a minute which takes me from 12 12 times that where we're at 720 seconds 720 seconds Jesus said that she has done even more because she gave not out of her abundance, but she gave out of her her position that she was in. She chose the position she was in and said, the best I can do is 12 minutes of my day, 12 minutes of what I've worked, 12 minutes of my time. Here's 12 minutes, 720 seconds of my life. Here's seven. Can I tell you, we all might have different bank account numbers, but we all have the same amount of time in a day. And she said, look, I'm not going to give you trinkets of my day. I'm going to give you 12 minutes of my life today. I'll give you 12 minutes of my life tomorrow. I'm going to give you 720 seconds of my life. And I thought about Jesus and said, look, I noticed those seconds. What did I tell you last week? 100 blessings in a day. That's 7.2 seconds per blessing that you could give. Now think about that for just a moment. So I'm talking about three quarters of a mile. We end up with negative and, and, and oppressive spirit settling in the car just because something didn't go the way that we wanted it to go. But then one quarter of a mile, we began to change in the matter of about 30 or 40 seconds, we began to change the atmosphere of the car so that it it lifted and it changed. And what would happen in your day if instead of spending hours regretting and spending uh, all day long fearing what's going to happen or sitting around in anger all day, if every time the enemy showed up, you said, oh, I've got 720 seconds now that have been unleashed in my life to declare that the Lord is good and the Lord has favor and the enemy shows back up and you say, no, 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 I'm not done yet. I still got nine more minutes or or the enemy shows back up. I'm not through yet. I still have six more minutes. And then you keep worshiping God in the middle. of. Can I tell you what that's like? Can I tell you what I found it was like? Are you ready for this? I know this is going to seem strange, but this is what it was like for me. It was like, it is good what you're giving your people. 
It is good what you're taking to feed them. It is good what you're about to offer. Why? Because it works in my life. It will work in your life. It will work in any life who makes up their mind. I am tired of letting the enemy have one second of my life. And I will stand and I will declare that every day, but on some days they're bad, Pastor, but still it's the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I sat in an office right over there and a little woman looked at me as her son said, I have three to six weeks or six months before I'm dead. And she looked at me and I said, oh, I wanted to think of some great pastoral words. And before I could speak, she looked at me and she said this. She said, but this This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. He lived for eight more years. Why? Because when you turn the moment with blessings, God can do something great. Why don't you stand and give God some praise like he deserves today, man? Hallelujah. God is good, and he's faithful, and he's just. Pastor Don, you want me to change my whole world? I'm just going to say... Some of you said to me, well, pastor, don't ask for 720 seconds. You know, Jesus said, can you not tarry with me one hour? Listen, you're not doing that either. So let's just start with 720 seconds. Straight up. Let's just start with 720 seconds. I'll give it to you and declare your favor and your goodness and your mercy and your blessings because the Lord is God. Bow your heads with me in this place. The service is about to be a thing of the past. Some are listening. Some are watching. If you would say to me, Pastor Don, I've used too many moments of my life for wrong, and I want to redeem those moments. I want to bless the Lord with my life. Can I see your hand right where you are? Right where you are. Wow. It's 98, 99% of all of us present. I'm sure most of you watching and listening understand what I'm saying to you. How many of you would say, Pastor Don, I want God to help me begin with the seconds that will add up to change the years of my life? Let me see your hand if that's you. I'm going to redeem the seconds. So this is where you have to start. Some of you thought, you know, you just, just, you, you've got the, the Adam and Eve concept. They, the devil told them, he said, if you'll take that fruit, you'll be like God. They thought all they had to do was eat a piece of fruit and be like God. You came in here looking for somebody to lay hands on you and make you godly. That, that's not going to happen. What happens to make you godly is begin to walk like Jesus. And it all starts in a moment. It all starts in a second. It all starts now. Listen to me as I minister to these that are here and to those that are watching. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Today's the day. This is the hour. This is the moment. It's the time to redeem your soul by trusting in Christ for your salvation. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your whole life to Christ and you say today, you know what, I'm going to surrender my future and I'm going to begin in this second. And I'm going to follow him every day. My grandfather said, I used to ask God, let me serve you for a year. And then it got down to let me serve you in this moment. This is your moment to surrender your life to Christ for all eternity. If you're here or you're watching, now's the time to respond. You can respond online there. But let me just see your hand. If you say, today's the day I want to know Jesus Christ or recommit your life to Christ. Can I see your hand if that's you? Would you hold it up high in this place? I want to pray for you. 
pray with you today. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your day. This is your hour. Let's redeem the time. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that there are many of us in this place. And so many of us have said we want you to change who we are. Lord, today we thank you that we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And we will serve you beginning in the seconds until the seconds have become hours and the hours have become days and the days have become years. Because we know this is good. In Jesus' name. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.